Hey everybody and welcome. You are listening to Locks LaRue's Locker Room. Join me every Friday with a different special guest. We'll be breaking the locks off toxic masculinity one locker at a time. This week, I'm joined by House of Managing's finest, Grizzly. Grizzly is a boylesque performer and was a runner-up in House of the Law's Bamshell competition. Today, me and Grizzly talk about the positive aspects of masculinity, boylesque, sport and of course, body positivity. Please note that the conversations between me and my guests are purely based on our own thoughts and experiences. Now with all that in mind, sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hi everybody and welcome to Locks LaRue's Locker Room. Um, I've got a very special guest with me here today. Um, I've got Grizzly here with me. Hi Grizzly. Hi Locks. Hi everyone. So how are you How are you doing? I know we've just been speaking a bit but for the listeners, can you tell the listeners how you've been doing? I've been okay, thank you. Um, well, was working all throughout Covid so nothing much has changed but I imagine that'll be different for other people. Yeah, and you've been doing lots of stuff towards your boylesque, like visual stuff, haven't you, as well? Um, yeah, been doing some recordings for promos that I need to start editing. Yeah, so everybody keep a lookout for that. So we're going to get on straight with the conversation today. Um, so, um, Grizzly, I wanted to start off by opening up the conversation by asking you a question. Um, it's okay if you need a few seconds to think about it. I'll probably answer it as well. So um, I like to start off with asking about, um, I want to find out a bit about when you were younger and stuff, like what it was like for you. So say on the weekend now, you was a teenager, what do you think you'd be doing um, like your typical weekend or your typical day, apart from like school or anything rude, but you can talk about that if you want to. <laughs> Um, as a teenager, okay, because I, I grew up in a small village, um, it would normally have been a case of I'd have just gone around to one of my friends and we'd have just played computer games, you know, all week, like hours and hours on the weekend. Were you like quite a nerdy teenager then? Yeah, oh, oh yeah, 100%, because I even, when, when I was younger, I was also into um, war gaming where, you, you know, you make the models and you paint them and stuff. Um, but with, yeah, like I said, with growing up in a village, it was basically just me that was into that. So I kind of fell off doing that because there was no community doing it near me. Yeah. Well, um, for me on the weekend, I'd probably be, um, you probably won't be surprised, I'd be at a performing arts school doing a bit of drama and singing and dancing yeah. um, my mom sort of um, encouraged me to go I was a bit like I'd rather just be lazy on the weekends and do nothing but I'm glad that she encouraged me to to sort of keep up with it because it's helped with my boylesque and performing now did you get on quite okay being a nerd or do you think people like viewed it at your school did they view intelligence as like something that's like uncool and something to pick on you for and stuff um, I mean, there's, there's always an element of that. I think in any school you go to, the people that then, it kind of perpetuates the cycle. Sometimes they, you, they're not doing well, so then they have to feel like they lash out and then they lash out at the people that, that are doing well because they're struggling and not getting the help. But that's a completely different, like that. that's a whole... Yeah, that's a whole issue to unwrap there in itself in the structure of schools and the support that 
people that need it get and how they don't get it and all that. Um, but due to my maths and science, I was in the top set in uh, year 10 and year 11, which then meant English was incredibly hard for me. I could read and write, but the structure of English lit and English language were just not at all what I could grasp. Um, uh, you know, like the whole, or uh, a writer says the curtains are blue, what does that mean? It means the curtains are blue. That that was my, um, that was my input in, in terms of English. I, I struggled to read between the lines and stuff, um, which did make some of it hard, but with the maths and the science, that was like easy for me. Oh, it's like the opposite then. Like I struggled with maths and science. Well, I've, I've had both. I don't know about you. I've had both where um, I've, people have made fun of me for not being intelligent and people have made fun of me for being intelligent. So I don't know if you've ever had any problems or have you managed to get by okay with like with your intelligence and um, or not being so good at this certain subject and stuff? There's, there's I've, yeah, I think you're quite right. There's definitely that, that if you're good at something, you'll get, you'll get picked on for being good at it, for being like too good at it or better than normal people at it. And if you're bad at it, you'll get picked on for being stupid and not understanding it. Um, and I don't know where that comes from. It's almost as if everyone wants to be mediocre, which isn't exactly a good aim to be. <laughs> yeah. And... Um... Well, I found a lot of it was um, sometimes in English, the, a lot of the boys, there was like this like lad culture, they would mess around um, and like, you know, shout stuff um, and disrupt the class. Um, I don't know if you had that in your classes. Um, it's kind of like, it's kind of felt a bit like a zoo. <laughs> Not all just the boys, I will say, but a lot of the time it was the boys disrupting the class. Um, and then I want to move on to sport in a minute, but I just wanted to just ask you about the classroom environment. There's kind of like this toxic masculinity, like shouting stuff, having to, you know, do the funniest joke or, you know, do the best insult to someone. Um, I don't know if you experienced this, or a hundred percent even in even in the top set it was like it was almost a case of oh because we were in the top set there was almost this added layer to it of oh well we're good at it we understand it so we can piss around for this hour lesson and it don't matter because we still understand it so in terms of general competitiveness between let's say for this example for this podcast men um, or people who identify as male. What's your thoughts on that? Um, there's nothing inherently wrong with it. Um, I think friendly competition is always a good thing, and it elevates all the people involved to try and be better. Um, but then, yeah, as you said, it can be taken too far, and the people who are excelling can... Um, basically you know put the people that aren't excelling but really trying and trying to improve um down which can then just stunt um you know well them either wanting to do that particular activity or stunt their growth or stunt their, stunt their confidence in that activity which that's definitely not good so with with that then do you think have you always um 
with competitiveness or feeling if you're good enough, whether it be in just a normal class or with sport and stuff. Could you tell us a bit about the background that you faced or how you sort of started out with sport and if it's what sort of experience it's been for you? Because for me, it's not been a good experience, but I know that you, you've been involved in like rugby and stuff, so it might have been a good experience for you. Um, so, yeah, could you just expand on that a bit? Um, so, I, I did enjoy PE, um, obviously not the long distance running stuff that was terrible but uh you know there's there most of the sessions that we did whether when it was like team based sports that i got on with whether it be we we're doing rugby football even cricket it was like good fun like it was there was competitiveness there um but it wasn't because of the fact it was pe and everyone at every level was doing it it was more the friendly the friendly um competitiveness because you knew oh those ones on that pitch are good at it they're going to be more competitive than us we're just chilling having a kick about effectively which was really good um and then outside of say PE at school I then did do football and then with with my size there was a point where I started just falling behind and then I dropped out just because it just didn't become enjoyable because everyone else was like advancing and I wasn't because of my size and then then at that point I did karate which I think is quite a good quite a good sport because it almost doesn't matter your skill level in other stuff I think a lot of martial arts are quite like that that it's quite a level playing field and it is the amount of work you put into it is how far you get not not being gifted or anything at it it is purely about the amount of work which was really good um so i did that for quite a while until college um and then yeah like you've said at uni i started playing rugby which was just good fun that was all good fun um there were there were definitely elements of toxic masculinity in there but like ultimately my experience at university level rugby was really good really positive oh because because i always thought that you you've been doing rugby since school and stuff um but did you did you do much of rugby at school because with me with rugby um like you said with some some sports i didn't enjoy as much um and i think there's a stereotype sometimes that i've i've done it to people where i think if someone's like sports they like all sports but everyone has different strengths for example um i always liked gymnastics <laughs> and the dance and swimming um which i know it sounds silly like they're, they're all associated with like femininity for some reason which i don't know why um but all that some a lot of the boys are like oh i don't want to do like gymnastics or you know the dancing or this and that um but then they wanted to do football which football was my least favorite for some reason i think it's because i struggle having dyspraxia with like coordination but rugby I, I actually was quite good at rugby which i'm surprised at because um people think i'm like quite a gentle person and stuff but obviously you can tell us a bit more about rugby um but I feel like it's sort of, you sort of, when you're doing rugby, I'm not very experienced with this, by the way, because I haven't done rugby much. It's like a performance in a way. Like I was like this different person when I was on the field. Um, so I felt like out of all the sort of sports with balls involved and stuff, um, I thought that was the, I could, I could actually do rugby. I think because of my size as well, um, I sort of felt quite powerful. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know about you then. Have, have you, when's the first time you like play rugby? And do you think, compared to like football and stuff like that, how did you find it? Um, so first time doing rugby was in school. It was just as part of PE, um, and I did enjoy it. But with growing up in a village and then going to secondary school at the nearest like town, um, there wasn't much of a rugby atmosphere. Um, it was mainly just football, which is why when I was younger, I did play football and play like on the weekends and stuff. Um, so the first time properly getting into rugby was at the beginning of uni. Because um, I knew... The main reason I did it was I, wa- I wanted to make sure I kept active whilst at uni because I knew 100% I'd, my diet would be terrible given that my mum had stopped cooking food and stuff and it was me on my own. It'd be Even though I can cook and I could cook then, I knew how to cook some uh, a decent array of uh, meals. It was the case of I knew I'd not do that and left to my own devices, I'd eat rubbish. So I was like, right, I need to do something to keep me healthy on that, on the other side, if I know my health, is, you know, my food's going to go down. Um, and for me, the reason I went with Rugby League um, was I was in the Freshers Fair at uni and Rugby Union table and Rugby League table were opposite each other. And the Union players were just like kind of almost sat turned inwards talking to themselves not bothered about engaging with people whereas rugby league with, with it with me being in uni in nottingham with it being midlands it's definitely more of a union area because it's not in yorkshire um so they were actively trying to look in, and engage people to draw them in and tell them about this session um and there was also there was a guy who was about six foot six um, and built like a brick shit house and I was like yeah I want to be like him so I'm gonna go join that club um, and funnily enough as uh, as we were going through uh, the year um, he ended up being my like rugby league dad the person that I spotted and was like oh that's why I want to join rugby league which is quite funny <laughs> So that, that is quite a good example of like, um, you know, um, masculinity or whatever, like encourage, men, other men encouraging other men, isn't it? Um, which with with rugby, when I played it, I think that was the one time where in PE where I didn't get bullied for some reason in rugby. Um, I don't know if it's because I was quite a bigger build, viewed as a bigger build to the others. Um, and... I think it's just because I like tackling people. I know you're not supposed to do this, but like, who'd been mean to me? You're not supposed to do that in rugby because um, it's supposed to be like, um, I don't know, you can tell us. Um, well, it is a contact sport, isn't it? But I know you're supposed to like be a good sportsman and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of felt, I don't know about, this might be different with you, but with rugby, I kind of felt people sort of respected me more, which is kind of a good and bad thing because I was finally good at a sport that involved like um using a ball and stuff um so it's people were like but then after rugby ended it was like oh back to normal back to making fun of me now but um when I remember when I changed schools um people I had this sort of like 
camouflage I, f- I kind of want to ask everyone this during this podcast like when you were younger or now is there this kind of other self that you 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 feel like you have to be um so when I transferred schools um people used to like ask stuff about me um and I was like oh I've played rugby like I, I, I kind of made up that I played it more than I have um to kind of like fit in a bit um which isn't a bad thing it was kind of like a bit of a white lab like oh yeah at my old school I used to play rugby a lot when in truth it was only like one or two times um so I think I just pretended I was like this rugby player um so I wish I had um done rugby a bit more like and you know done a bit more of it because I probably could have been quite good at it but it was getting into my confidence so I don't know whether with with you and rugby then um do you think it's helped with like body image and stuff? Because obviously I know you were saying a bit earlier about running and stuff and other sports with me, I think in other sports, um, I kind of felt like the bigger guy, but then in rugby, it doesn't, that's kind of like a positive thing. So I don't know if you could expand on that. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. With regards to say, if you compare like football to rugby, you don't see many big guys play football. They're kind of, they'll be, muscular and strong and stuff but they're all very slim slight builds um i mean even like cristiano ronaldo he's like absolutely jacked but nowhere near the size of even a small prop in rugby you know um so it it if you are just a bigger build anyway whether it be like just literally height and how broad your shoulders are you do look more imposing which then fits in well with rugby um and it did i mean like yeah like i said the main reason with me wanting to do a sport at uni was to make sure that i'd offset because i kind of knew my diet would be terrible which it did if i hadn't have done it i knew full well i'd have probably put on a stupid amount of weight during uni so it at yeah. least kept my body confidence at a level you know, kind of like at the same level or did improve it, especially when I started doing training and supplementing that with going to the gym as well to do the S&C training to help improve my rugby even further. Do you think with um, going to the gym and doing a sport, whether it's rugby, do you think that can be quite good for especially like male body image and stuff? Or do you think it can sometimes be bad in terms of like, there's this, I think a lot of people have different opinions on like transformations, don't they? Um, they can be, I guess, positive, but I know that some people aren't too keen on them. So I don't know what your thoughts are about that. I think, I think because of the fact that it, it with it being a team sport and you all want to do well, it, it's that good level of um, competition. It, it's you're constantly trying to push yourself and each other to improve whether it be or try you know doing squats in the gym to be to be able to run a little bit faster or um working out your upper body to be able to fend someone off easier um or tackle harder uh or just learn more about the game to be able to communicate with your teammates easier um, it's definitely, a, in my experience, 100% a positive thing. Um, you know, even though I was still like the biggest guy on that team, I didn't feel like it was. I was like 
so big it would wrongly be in there, if that makes sense. Oh, that, that's really good. Um, yeah, I feel like with my experiences as well doing PA or rugby, I feel like even though the majority of my time was a bit different to us, it was quite horrible PE. I feel like with rugby, that was one of the positive experiences, strangely, because when, um, you know, lads all come together, it can be actually quite a good experience. And sport is obviously a form of exercise, isn't it? So it's a good release of sort of emotions and frustrations and stuff. Um, but I wanted to just say, wonder if you've, like, you know, you said sometimes there can be toxic masculinity within sport, whether you've experienced it or you've heard of it. Um, would you say some of that could be related to initi- initiations and stuff? Oh, yeah, definitely 100% with that. Um, I mean, I, with the initiations and stuff, it, it, all, it all depended on the culture of the club. So because as rugby league, we had to make sure we weren't seen as the same as rugby union and rugby union had all these stupid initiations our quote-unquote initiations were pretty mild very mild compared to even some of the like female sport initiations um we had to sing a song from intro to chorus on our own um we had to tell an embarrassing story and down the pipe. And that, that was it. Um, we, we said that, I think, I think the way that they were crafted is it's a really good way to you, you find out something embarrassing about everyone there. Um, so it just instantly, you kind of then become better friends already. It, it's a way to break down, oh, I don't know this person. Oh, but he's just told me he shot himself in... Uh, college that's <laughs> hilarious I now don't see him as like this uh, I don't see him as like so much of a stranger because I know something embarrassing about him he knows something embarrassing about me that, see that is um, that is quite positive in a way obviously not <laughs> shit himself um, but it's quite positive to you know I know this might sound a bit stereotypical, but for other men to share emotions of each other or stories and stuff, um, you know, this episode probably in the series is going to be the only one says like positive masculinity. <laughs> um, a lot of it's going to be talking about toxic, but it's good that I'm glad you've come on and spoke about how certain types of masculinity in sport and, you know, boys being together doesn't always have to be bad. So I think that's really good um, because I don't know about you, but a lot of the time, whether you've experienced this or whether you've overheard it a lot of boys don't want to share emotions with each other or like you know embarrassing stuff about each other um because with a lot of men there's this sense of pride or you know showing any sort of emotions a bit feminine you know i don't know ever what you think about that um i mean there's always been that to an extent even even with rugby league there's a bit of that um but i think we in order to be so different from rugby union, we we were always quite open with each other. We'd always, you know, you'd become friends with them anyway and tell, you know, have serious conversations with them. And I felt like some of them were like, well, some of them are people that I still talk to now. Um, You know, and probably some of the few people that I talk to about some issues that I'm having. You know, I've got 
for example, uh, Alicia or Manly, who's been my friend since far too long. Um, <laughs> Cut that bit out. <laughs> that was <the> time. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, we'll, just, we'll just save that as a bite, a little yeah. sound bite, and send it that. Um, <laughs> uh so like you know i think besides her and like my two friends from home they'd be kind of like in the next running for if i had an issue i think they'd be able to help me with it i mean i've got a friend who started a facebook group um i'll just get the name of it because we we accept anyone into it um which is specifically it's just for um men or people who identify as male um as a option to have as a support group um men's mental health southwest that's the name of the group on facebook um set up by my friend uh phil um and i i don't have much interaction on that group but it, there is a lot of interaction on there people saying oh guys i'm struggling with this can anyone drop me a message or people just saying oh you know there, there's quite a few people in there that'll just post every now and again saying oh if any of you are struggling just drop me a message we can chat or we can if you want a distraction we'll meet up and just go for a pint and not and forget about what your issues are at the minute that kind of thing which can be helpful you know having a distraction as, as well as talking about it can be helpful so i wanted to just move on as we're approaching like the end or the second half of the our conversation um i always like well during this podcast i wanted to ask my guests like about if they've got a key moment in their life or key moments um that sort of shaped who they are it's quite like a, a broad question um so can you think of anything that's sort of in your life it can be anything um that sort of you could think of that as quite a key moment for me I quite learned a bit from that or you know it just stands out quite significantly <laughs> um well so kind of because obviously you sent me kind of notes before um the yeah. thing that kind of stuck out to me with this point was um the first solo I did at the house of the law um burlesque bombshell uh and that was a key moment in the sense it taught me that no matter how scared you are of doing something if it, if it's something that you you know you want to do and pushing yourself and you're really scared to do it and nervous and anxious the feeling of regret if you don't do it completely overshadows that so just do it yeah well that that is great advice and it also links nicely in with um the next part of the conversation actually with um how you choose to express yourself um so obviously this i know we've talked a bit about sport but i wanted to go into more now about boylesque and dance and stuff um you know because for everyone who didn't know i interviewed um grizzly on the wallflower express um and we spoke a bit about um his boylesque persona and sort of like masculinity and femininity a bit so we're going to talk a bit about that now um so thank you for bringing up the bombshell contest um so since you've already basically said how you choose to express yourself could you talk a bit about 
your boylesque and your dance then and you know how that's coming to fruit <laughs> such a daft word fruitation um, um how yeah just talk a bit about your boylesque for us so i think um well I, yeah i did touch on this uh, this was a similar question to the bristol pride um one of the ones in the bristol pride panel um so kind of like as grizzly it was born out of uh, my body confidence issues in a way to um well initially it was a case of manly mannington dragging me on stage to be manly's backing dancer um which i had no say in the matter <laughs> um which uh, because it was a way for me to kind of try and just see myself more positively um at the size that I am and everything. And even though I do want to lose weight and lose body fat, it is most certainly been a way to help me be comfortable with the body I've got at the minute whilst I do work on it. Um, and I think really kind of Grizzly's just scratching the surface of who I am and who I end up wanting to be once I do build all these extra layers of confidence up. It's good to see other boy less performers. Yeah. Um, because sometimes you can think, oh, am I the only, you know, person doing this, you know, of my size and, you know, um, the way I look and stuff as well. Because obviously I hope you don't mind me saying, Grizzly, um, you're you're obviously another hairy boy lesker like, <laughs> like me. So um, I think it's, it's good. I don't know about you, um, because I know that I don't care what people say, but sometimes people... Because you, if you see other people who look like yourself, it can make you feel a bit better doing it. I don't know what how you feel about that. Uh, yeah, hundred uh, percent. And I think kind of like linking it a bit back to the rugby was because of the fact that you, it's fine to be that size, and there are other people not quite as big as me, but still quite big. It was like okay, I felt like I belonged there, and then seeing other boy less performers you know seeing like you who you know you've got your long hair you have your beard at times and like you say you are hairy a lot like me it is a way to um it gives you confidence and you're like oh i'm not the only person like me doing it or um for example mama mamba um because uh, with her being a, a big girl doing but her uh, doing burlesque that inspires me as well in that same sense seeing someone a size like me performing in that way on stage oh that that is that is good to hear i think it does it does help though because even though you know deep down it doesn't matter i think it just gives you that bit of extra reassurance and that excitement that thinking oh people who look like me um i can do it as well um and i just wanted to ask like one or two more questions before i let you go because um, I know you've got a busy schedule. Um, so I know you talked to, about the Warfly Express about masculinity and femininity. Um, so with your particular style then, did you want to give off a more masculine energy? Because I think either is good that people, whatever people are comfortable with, there's no right or wrong, is there? Um, you know, so yeah. Uh, yeah, 100%. I mean, I've... I feel it almost, I, it'd be weird me trying to act feminine on stage. Um, just for me personally, yeah, I don't think, yeah. Um, 
I mean, it'd be there'd be quite a comedic aspect of that. Some you know, big beefy guy my size, then being quite femme on stage, it'd be quite amusing to see. Like you did with Mama Mamba's act, actually. Um, do you remember? Yes, actually, yeah. Um, and that, yeah, I was a prop on that act as well. Um, Grizzly got be... for those who didn't know, there's a photo of Grizzly and Mama Mamba. Um, well, I don't know, Grizzly. Did you want to say what you had to do in it? <laughs> um. Oh, I can't remember. Was it she? She, was she pretending to do my hair and I had, your hair, uh, and didn't you have like the rollers in and stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, and then had like uh, I think I had a ball cap on because she also pretended like she cut far too much off and I had to scream as well. <laughs> yeah, which that that was good fun. That was funny. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, so I kind of with me with like I like to come. I know everyone's different, but. A lot of boylesque can I use it for like sort of um, with my androgynous style so like wearing makeup but also having a beard and long um, beard and stuff and then long hair as well so to sort of like mixing my gender expression um, so with like my visual appearance but also um, you know like with dance it can be dance can be masculine and feminine people sort of stereotype it just to be feminine but what I like about boylesque is it sort of helps me to challenge like what people think masculinity is um, so I like mixing feminine and masculine aspects in my boylesque, everyone's different whereas with yours, what do you think apart from the comedy stuff you've done what's your general style at the moment because I know I think, I think it's kind of like trying to emphasise the positive sides of masculinity like obviously um, well with, with this series you're doing you're going to be looking at a lot of the negative aspects of masculinity but you know that's not to say that all masculinity is bad, which it isn't. And I think the people who um, the people who brush off toxic mass or when you bring up toxic masculinity and they brush it off, they automatically go to the extreme and say you're saying all masculinity is bad, which it isn't at all. And I think that's what Grizzly's trying to show that it is. It is fine to be big, hairy um strong and powerful in the right ways yeah well that that is really good and i'm glad that you've been able to come on the podcast and sort of show us the positive sides of masculinity as well which in truth everybody i might cut this bit out i didn't actually think about um <laughs> the positive side when i was doing this podcast but it kind of adds a bit of variety to the podcast so yeah. I'm glad um, it's organically came that way. Well, um, thanks, Grizzly, for coming on the podcast. I've just got one last, um, I like to do some takeaways or sort of any advice that you'd give other people. It's quite a broad question, but so sort of any resources or tools at your belt, whether it's to do with boylesque, mental health, you know, positive masculinity, um, sort of any sort of takeaways you'd like to give to our listeners. Um, so something I've been doing all of 2020 is trying to keep a bullet journal and like I, if anyone comes to me saying oh I want to try and get more organised or I want to do this I always point them to bullet journal videos because with a, with a bullet journal you start off with just a blank page and you can make the bullet journal however you want so if you want to use it to track your mood you can there's plenty of mood trackers that templates that you can find whether you want to track habits whether you just want it to be your own setup for 
your calendar, your day-to-day tasks, uh, a notebook, um, kind of like a reflection tool. It can be any of those things. You've just got to be able to find them online to um, incorporate what you want. Like for me, I use it to track my habits, track my mood and just be a bit of like a calendar. Yeah, well, that that's good to keep organised and to keep all your um, thoughts and stuff. Obviously, I can agree with that as well. I'm not the most organised person, um, but I do like writing, whether it's poetry or, um, you know, just any sort of thoughts I have or anything like that. Um, so I always like, because I'm doing this six times, I think, yeah, <laughs> um, I've got, I think, of a bit of advice to give. I did have something in mind, actually, but I've forgotten it. I can always edit in, but I'll just think of one on the spot now. <laughs> so what I'd say, everybody, if I'm going to relate it to what we've been talking about today, is um, I think with um, exercise is a good, f- something that I'd recommend. Um, so whether it's just going on a walk, or you know a jog or whatever suits you i'm sure grizzly can uh, vouch for this um i know it's not always possible to do exercise if you're not in the mood or if you're feeling a bit run down but even if it's just like a walk or something um you know or dancing any sort of exercise i think can be can be good do you agree grizzly <laughs> oh what yeah 100 percent. i mean um scientifically it re- releases endorphins and dopamine so even if you don't initially want to do it, once you've done it, you feel good for doing it. I would like to thank today's guest, Grizzly, for coming on to this podcast. If you want to catch more of Grizzly, then check him out on Instagram at grizzlyboylesque. Thank you for listening to Lox LaRue's Locker Room. We'll see you next Friday. And make sure to follow me on Instagram at Lux LaRue. Bye.